0: You're listening to The Love Yeg Show. If our city could talk, these are the stories it would tell about the people, places, and passion in Edmonton. We interview difference makers in our community. Please welcome your hosts, Sherry Beauchamp and Jesse McCracken. Hey, thanks for coming back to listen to another episode of the Love Yeg Show. In this one, we talked to a, a really, really special lady. Her name is Jojo Joanna Aline, and she has a company that is, you'll hear it in the in the episode, but it's really her passion and her soul project uh, that she's done for 10 years. She has a 10-year-old business uh, called Mojo Jojo Pickles that is, around preserves and different kinds of pickles and uh, she has a whole list I think she said there's like 50 some products but in this conversation what I think is really cool that, that you'll enjoy is you can hear her passion come out with what she does every single day and she talks about the magic that uh, happens in the kitchen and connecting with community so enjoy all right welcome back everybody it's Sherry Beauchamp here I'm with Jesse McGracken
1: Hello, hello.
0: And uh, I feel like we haven't done one of these for a while, so this is kind of fun.
1: It kind has fun. been a while. We took the summer off.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a good idea. Uh, but now we are back, and um, we have a very, 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 very cool guest today. Um, we're going to talk about pickles, yeah. which is actually one of my favorite foods, actually.
2: There's very little else that I enjoy talking about
0: so much. <laughs> we have uh, a, a guest with us today her name is joanna aline and she is from mojo pickles mojo, mojo. Jojo. Jojo. jojo pickles yeah that's it that's it yeah so welcome
2: thank you so much exciting to be here
0: awesome awesome so we were just kind of like chatting a bit about your business before we hopped on here but you are basically your mojo is pickles so I think it's so funny they we're talking about pickles. I love, it's like one of my favorite things. My mom has always pickled all growing up, uh, like carrots, beets, like everything. Um, so I think it's kind of fun that we're talking about it. And you actually do this now full time as your business. You've done it for a long time.
2: Yeah, 10 years. It'll be 10 years in November.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. How do you How do you get into the, I know you do more than pickles. It's in your name and such, but like, How did you get into business doing this this type of thing
2: well i'm actually i'm totally a food-led person i always say that i follow my stomach everywhere that i go i remember places and people and things by what i ate that was a good sandwich oh yeah the drinks were really good there (laughs) that's how i chart my life and i was a member of slow food edmonton one of the first conviviums of Slow Food Edmonton here. And one of the process that Slow Food celebrates is canning, which is a traditional slow process. And are you familiar with Slow Food? Slow Food is an international movement that was started in Italy that celebrates traditional food process. Mm, Very cool, yeah. It's like an arc of process, not just flavors and things, but process that get lost in in the modern day fast food. So that's why it's called slow food, the opposite of fast food. So canning is one of those arts that is an old art. And so is preserving really, right? Before refrigeration, you really had to know what you were doing with your produce and your plants to keep it safe and to get you through the winter. So I started doing canning bees for slow food. And I started doing it because I'm a retired dark root technician. I was uh, the the city archivist for five years. I did an apprenticeship in photographic archives. So working in dark rooms and working with chemicals and timers and baths was Mm -hmm. totally what I did. Well, it was what I did at the beginning of my career, but by the time I finished in archives, we were doing everything digitally. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then when we started doing canning bees for slow food, for me, I think it was a, an awakening of doing things that are tangible and shareable, real things. Again, kind of the opposite of that fast digital world. Mm-hmm. And I like making things. I've always made things. I play music, I make art, I make things is how I express myself. So it wasn't a far leap for me to be canning. And then I really liked it, like ridiculously. I could do a canning bee for an afternoon and then come home and just do a few more cans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was talking to someone the other day who also likes to can, and she said, it's not even about eating it, mm-hmm. about making it and then releasing it to the world. <laughs> I guess it's like being a big game fisherman, right? Like this cat can release kind of a thing. <laughs> it's really meditative and expressive and really calming for me. Like it's a really nice process. But at the same time, um, dark rooms were becoming obsolete. Mm-hmm. And I also needed a second mm-hmm. act in my life. And the, it was there and the model was there and I liked it. And the business model is also really good. So I started canning full time. So I kept my photography career and my canning career going for, I think, the first three years of the business and then just started canning full time. And I have been canning like a mad lady. If you can see <laughs> me right now, I smell my <laughs> I'm <finger, for> sure. <laughs> There's so many about
1: like so much about what you said that I love. One is that you like you track your life by like restaurants and like so food for us and our family was always very, very celebrated. And, you know, whether we had money or didn't have money, we always had like good meals on the table. That was just something that we connected with. And my whole family loves to cook, too. And so that I love and the fact of like actually making fresh Food, or in this case, you know, the it's still fresh when you can it and you're preserving it as opposed to that fast stuff. Cause even when you go to the grocery store, you kind of look in people's carts and you can just see all of that stuff that's from those middle aisles and nothing on the outskirts. And it's just, you know, we are what we eat. And so I just love that it's like this, yeah, you're just preserving this fresh vegetable, or you know, I don't know if you do meat, but it's awesome.
2: I do think that um, freshness really. The flavor of freshness that you get from traditional process in canning goods is the success of the business. Like mm-hmm. it just knocks people's socks off that you can put summer in a jar and open it in the dead of winter and you can still taste summer, right? Like
1: yeah, that, it's still crispy and
2: yeah. That's the experience. That's the magic.
1: What was the first thing that you started canning? Was it like carrots or beets or?
2: <laughs> we were laughing the other day. My husband's fine. We were laughing the other day. Um, the things that I thought were going to be the backbone of the business. One was a cantaloupe carrot that was based on a recipe that I had in Portland over 10 years ago. I've always been mm-hmm. in Portland. And I used to do pickled quail eggs. Ah, uh, yeah. Which are a gorgeous, perfect little thing. And then I quickly learned that what I think is normal and what other
1: people think. Is normal. <laughs> <laughs> the quail eggs, my dad loves those. And I'm like, I just haven't, and I'm sure I would like it too, you know, it's just. <laughs>
2: it's gorgeous and they taste like eggs. I saw someone describe them the other day and they said, yeah, they taste like chicken eggs. And I was like, no, they just,
0: they taste like eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what an egg is? But yeah, that's funny. That's funny. My mom tells stories of like, how much of a treat and my dad used to too they both my their families canned growing up and that that was you talking about like preserving summer for the winter right that was the treat was they would get to put like um, canned raspberries or uh, peaches or pears or something on like white cake or dessert and that was kind of like the biggest that was their idea of a treat when they were a kid right
2: it is a treat though. When you find that can in the back of your closet or downstairs yeah. on the shelf and it's February, like you walk around the kitchen dancing a little dance <laughs> around it, right? Like you feel like the luckiest person. It is a treat. I think it's still a treat. Totally. Yeah.
1: Do you find that you do more? Is it like a real variety that you're that you're canning? Or is it is there like kind of your top sellers that you're spending a lot of time with like canning, but maybe aren't your f- favorite
2: it's it's really busy right now this is kind of the height of our kitchen we do a lot of canning preserving for small gardeners so that anything at the end of their market cycle that's left over, they bring to our kitchen and we preserve for them so that they have things mm. to fill in their stalls in the wintertime. As well as the fact that people are picnicking and barbecuing and hanging out in their COVID shutdowns, which means our online is absolutely busy with all of the things we make. And then it's also cherry season and cucumber season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything starts to come off. So right now, there's just somebody at the kitchen from nine a.m. to nine p.m. every day with the kettle going, making something. We make over fifty different products on our site. Wow, they're all there because somebody. If I take it away, somebody complains. That's how I decide. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) on the site. So yeah, we've got everything going we also do so we do pickles are the mainstay of what we do so you can get our pickles they come up in stand-up poly bags which is one of our little modern twists on pickling and you can get those at like your Safeway and your Sobies and those kind of chains but we also do brandied fruit and fruit ketchups and pickleback and martini mix and vanilla syrups and All these other kind of goodies, all of our jams this summer have been just insane. People are still in their COVID cravings. So we um, have a new line of tropical jams that I made. I was in Bogota just before COVID shut us down. And that is just, Colombia is a place where one of their main exports is fruit. And on a morning in the market, I tasted 23 different fruit Mm -hmm. in a two-hour span. And I am my cultural background is West Indian, so I thought I knew my tropical fruit, but I probably had fifteen fruit that I'd never tasted before. Hmm. Awesome. So, right, so I had to put that in a pan <laughs> and make <laughs> it. So I did find a great. Um, jam maker in Bogota, who's using like classic French techniques to do tropical fruit. And then we, when we ran out of that jam, because people gobbled it up online, we started making our own. So we have a new line of Strawberry, passion fruit, and banana, kumquat, and pineapple, rosemary, and raspberry mm-hmm. mango. Raspberry oh, mango gosh. is just for me. Those are my two favorites.
1: <laughs> oh, those are like two of my favorite things too. Raspberry and mango
2: together.
0: Great. What? Great. That sounds amazing.
2: <laughs> so those have been really great. So it's always, it is really a creative expression for me, both in food and flavors and ideas. Like I, I also believe in pluralism and what is fair and that the whole world has things to offer like people will come up to me and say that's not how you're supposed to make x and i'm like yeah there's no phone line where you call (laughs) and ask the pickle gods you know if they deemed it right it is an expression and yeah our mothers can in the 70s as canadians right there was a a big movement of back to the land and canning Mm -hmm. but We've since we've grown up and we've pluralized. So, why wouldn't you put harissa and rose petals and saffron and ev- the whole world is there for us to enjoy, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So, my partner tells me I overcomplicate things. He's like, why can't it just be watermelon? Why do you have to put lime and mint in it? <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you put lime and mint? In exactly. It? <laughs> yeah. I do. Trust me. It's like always. I'm like, We'll <laughs> sprinkle of this and this, and also that's also with like picky people. You know, I just get so annoyed because I'm like, you're missing out. Like we, like what we get to eat and what's available to us is such such a luxury that the yeah. fact that you're not even willing to give things a chance like drives me crazy. You know, I'm like, you can't eat at my table.
2: <laughs> and there's so many comforts. Everybody needs that comfort. Everybody needs a taste of home. Everybody needs a taste of sour sap or guava or fennel, right? Like it's. It's for everybody. We are for everybody. So I think globalism and pluralism are a big part of what I put into my jars and my business and my life. Like those are really important things for me. So it's all expressed in what I make.
1: So do you have, like, if you're just playing around and you're like, Hmm, that was really good. What did I put in there? Like, so do you have recipes you're following or sometimes are you like, can't replicate something? Cause you're just trying all of the different things.
2: Now we make things like by the hundreds, right? Like 200, 300 jars went through the kitchen today alone. Yeah, So yeah, we do have a process. We do have to write it down. And I, I am the person that makes the recipes, but I'm a master canner. So I do have a certificate from the FDA that says I'm certified and saying, if a pickle is safe to eat, I have a home canning certificate. I have all my food safe. So I do have all of that science behind me. So there is a science about keeping those cans stable and safe. And then it also goes along with that culinary imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that's where that global inspiration comes in because we have a a jelly, it's a rhubarb jelly. And I remember thinking, oh, should I put rose in it or saffron in this jelly? And then there is um, a Persian ice cream called Zabsi that always is rose and saffron together. That's always the flavor. And I was like, okay, rose and saffron it is. So we have a rhubarb rose jelly that's just gorgeous. Right. That's where the ideas kind of come
0: from.
1: Mm-hmm. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah,
0: I was, um, telling Jesse that I'm pretty sure we had your, um, pickled beans with our, with this, my mom had some stuff to make Caesars in the summertime. So I'm pretty sure I've had your beans before and they were amazing. <laughs> they were amazing. Um, but you, you sell all kinds of things like, um, so t- tell me about some of the other stuff that you do like that's maybe a little more non-traditional or something that it might be unique to you guys
2: well i am a little bit non-traditional
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I'd say
2: yeah. if i went through what just went through the kitchen today so we made a fennel relish that's like Fennel bulb with lots of spices that makes a delicious relish. There were pickled patty pans. There were lemon garlic dill pickles, and that lemon garlic dill pickle actually has a slice of lemon, a zest of lemon, a fresh lemon in it, and then a little bit of peel all in that brine. So it's a really bright citrusy pickle. So know, it's, my mouth is normal. normal. It's not normal. Right? And the world. Fell in love with pickled garlic during COVID. I don't know what happened. It had something to do with TikTok. I don't know. But we poached garlic with oregano and a little bit of pepper endlessly. And there were also some pickled mushrooms with rosemary, thyme, black pepper, lemon peel that I saw go by. What else did I put in a box? Some lemon garlic, green beans, like you said, some green Mm -hmm. beans. Yep. Yeah, a little bit of Caesar mix, which is like a wet relish that you just put a teaspoon in your Caesar and it's all of the flavors that are in there and it's good to go. Most of what we make is completely vegan, not just vegetarian. So all of our sugar is um, filtered, not on animal proteins, so that um, people with sensitivities to animal proteins don't react to the products. It's mostly it's GMO. of the products that we use including our sugar we don't use beet sugar for example salt but sometimes it's super simple like some the pickled carrot a traditional pickled carrot that's just garlic dill salt and vinegar that's it we can sell that over and over and over too
0: my brother and i used to fight over the the little garlic bulbs in the bottom of the jars yeah when we're well we still do but Mm-hmm. That's your little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little of- a little.
2: You can just buy a whole bag, you can get him his own bag of pickled garlic.
0: Totally, yeah. totally.
1: I was remember my dad is like a little bit of a collector of all things, and I was helping him clean his kitchen. I'm like, Dad, why do you have these jars? What well, you can, and he's like, Yeah, actually, I do. I was like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, what do you think all those cans are? I'm like, I didn't know those are yours, Dad, but he does eggs and carrots. Yeah. Sorry, his, his two things, but yeah, like I said, he had all these jars, and I'm like, oh well, I guess I didn't know this about you. Something <laughs> <learned> <laughs> picked people. out after I picked up
2: after I moved out. <laughs> we do have we just put up a slate of classes for the fall, so teaching canning is also nice too, and I'm excited <laughs> to be back in person.
0: No doubt
2: So we have we well again, you know, more COVID lessons. So we've kept the virtual classes online. That we were offering during COVID because it's so great to talk to people all across the country, right, and see everybody canning along and that's really nice. And it's nice to see there's regional tastes and produce that are special that people are interested in. So that's Mm -hmm. interesting for me as a professional to, you know, have a chance to look at and work on recipes for produce that we don't get here in Alberta all the time like mm-hmm. peaches, peaches and cherries and plums and prune and all of those things. That's really fun. But then I'm also looking forward to having people back in the studio in person, teaching them to cam. That's also part of the community. Mm-hmm. Totally. People who are turned on by it. And that's always nice. I think that's why some people teach, right? That moment where people's lights go on. You yep. see they're, they're empowered and lit up for learning how to do a thing. So I'm looking forward to that as well.
1: Yeah. I love it. So you said that you had started a, a brick and mortar store right before the shutdown. Yes. Um, so you had mentioned that you are now open for business again.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh. That was a long journey. We had, um, right before COVID, when we opened the store, we were supposed to be going into a food hub here in Edmonton. We I owned a building that I sold where the kitchen was, and we were supposed to be going to the food hub. And the food hub was just as disruptive. The COVID was just as disruptive for the food hub as it was for me, so that their timetables got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So we moved, I think, four times in the last wow. two years, yeah. all the time, right? Like unplugging, plugging in a kettle in the morning to make something and then unplugging it and pushing it down the street in the afternoon.
0: Oh, man.
2: Plug it back in somewhere else. We were at uh, Cartego over COVID. We were at it in the restaurant that they were not using in their transitions for the time. They were great COVID partners, but uh, with the relaunch, we all had to get back to our kind of real businesses and real lives. And at that same time, um, there was a space that came up for rent just it's seven minutes from my house, which is so funny. So it's a double storefront at the Millwoods end of White Avenue. Mm-hmm. So for the first time the kitchen and the store will all be in one place with our shipping and receiving which it's actually the best situation we've ever had for the business in the last 10 years so you know go COVID taketh away and COVID giveth
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing
2: (laughs) yeah but it's been a scramble to get the electrical and permits and workmen and all those kind of things that was a wild summer
0: no doubt yeah yeah
1: yeah I'm in real estate and my house is being renovated right now. When you first got on, that's what we were talking about. And yeah, trying to find people that are available to do the work and the materials you need. And yeah, and the inspectors to come. And it's been a journey for anybody that's trying to put anything kind of together in that. (laughs) And then you're trying to run a business too, right? You're like, this is what you do. I'm just...
2: (laughs) And just looking like a sane woman from moment to moment, right? That's, that's for
1: thought. <laughs> I, mean, I know people can't see us, but you look very sane. <laughs> and very <laughs> oh, but, uh, happy and smiley. So.
2: Let me change out of my sweatpants and greet you, you know? quite <laughs> something. Well, oh,
1: that's really exciting, and so, like you said, your classes will be in the same place as your storefront and everything. Oh, that's so wonderful!
2: Isn't that nice? And it's yeah, so great. It's really nice. I love it when you open the door to the store; it just smells like garlic, <laughs> and that makes me really happy. Like, that's, how, <laughs> that's how it should smell. That's good.
1: Right? Yeah, and six that's minutes awesome. from your house to boot. So that's even better.
2: Yeah. So it's really great. Yeah, it'll be good. They'll all calm down. Nice.
0: When you started, like ten years ago. Would you ever imagine this for your business? Oof. Looking back, is this sort of where you envisioned it going, or did it kind of just evolve over time? Or, you know, what what's sort of the? I think,
2: to me, business is just as creative as art. Like you are who you are, and you approach things the same way. So that, in some ways, you have to kind of start. There's lots of things I was saying. you, you got to start to know. You won't know until you it right and mm-hmm. then somewhere in that it does have its own form it does have its own shape that's pushing at the boundaries and you got to just listen really carefully to see where it's going and how it's going to work out and then again to me because community is important to me there is a call and response between me as a maker and the public or my fans or the eaters right in terms of what they want from me not just as a product but emotionally what what do they want from me what makes them happy in a mm-hmm. thing and I like that and I think a, a storefront a brick and mortar storefront is another opportunity to do that or to mm-hmm. be that to my neighborhood and to people and I, uh, already an interesting outcome of having the brick and mortar is that people that I've had online relationships with virtual relationships have a place to come and see me and they do they're like oh i'm gonna come and see the store i know you've been working so hard and it's so wonderful to see these people face to face and you realize we do have relationships i know they're virtual but we have become friends we are watching each other we are supporting each other Mm -hmm. as much as people say nasty things online needlessly from time to time online right yeah they also say kind things and work of encouragement and positivity. And it helps me to organize myself and to find that get up and go again, right? Mm-hmm. When you're really tired. So you know, it's a conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel that we've, we've had this conversation before, whereas we do feel that Edmonton is Um, a community that really does support each other and local businesses is just it's so it's just so focused and hyper focused I feel right now and it's just so great because I will probably never go and just buy a random you know pickle a pickle anymore You know, after this conversation, like all of my pickles are pickled goods. It's just funny how it just, that's how it all begins. You know, suddenly it's a gift and then they like it and then, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And food is one of those things that if you've had something that you like, you want to go back for it. You know, it's, you, you want to know where they got it and where can you get it?
2: And yeah, that's really exciting. I think snacks are important. I have a little pin that says I only care about snacks and about three people. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so there's
1: a couple of your jams that I was like oh my gosh on b- melted brie it'd be so good
2: <laughs> you understand you are speaking my language That was, <laughs> what it was all about like it's so good right I'm like oh damn like so much more than just toast but it's just I don't know those little bits of magic and it's affordable luxuries and I think that's what treats are for us right like those small things that we feel we deserve in day-to-day
0: hmm <laughs>
2: why I might have had that bag of chips this afternoon. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Just passing thoughts.
1: Do you start working with like Apprentice or like how does that, like who else is in your kitchen with you? How many people are in the kitchen and how many um, yeah. This
2: is actually the first year that I've had full-time staff. So I have one person who cooks on the kettle Mm full-time and then I've had a great team over the years. I always say it's people who show up for my dream. I don't know why they do, (laughs) but they do. (laughs) Free food. And lots of people that um, come back in their little ways. Um, There's a lady that came in this afternoon and made kimchi for me. She used to be my neighbor at the apartment building I used to own. She was my tenant and my neighbor. And she used to come over because she was there so she could do little extra jobs for me. And she's moved and I've moved. And I don't know, seven years later, she came this afternoon to do the kimchi. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a girl who worked first for another jam company that i shared her with in the afternoon and they've gone out of business and she's moved on in her career and she still comes in two days a week just to make jam and jelly for me
1: nice
2: and recipes like little things like that but um, i don't know their friendships and relationships but i think we all feel the pleasure of making too that's also why they they come and eaters and food people and We create things together, right? So we—it's not just a thing; it's something we believe in. Nice. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: That we've talked about it before too. It's like—it's like food brings people together. You know, it's like, and it's a special gift when it's handmade or homemade, right? Yeah. So that's pretty uh, personal. And none of
2: it, none of it has a big machine or a quick way of doing it, right? Like you are really talking about a woman who cut up Savoy cabbage, 40 pounds of it by hand this afternoon.
0: Mhm. Mhm. That's I'm amazing. So
2: hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> All of the things. <laughs> and it's also the stuff that we get especially when we're working for the market gardeners. I really like the produce. I am a foodie, but it is a remarkable I, it's a remarkable life to know vegetables and plants and foods and herbs and spices the way that I do mm-hmm. now, 10 years in, like to know the smell of violets just when they turn not violets for turnips. They have a strong smell of violet just when the water comes out of them a certain way. And you know, they're ready. The stink of tomato sauce that's first really stinky and then really floral or like the smell of mushrooms steaming, like 40 pounds of mushrooms steaming is just heavenly. And everyone's just like,
0: okay, right?
2: <laughs> even the delivery guys are like, what you doing?
1: <laughs> if I stick around a little longer. they're going to be any <laughs> leftovers.
2: <laughs> yeah, so what you're doing, right? is oh so God. beautiful and floral and right it's just it's magical and different every day and going through all the different produce is an important part of that engagement and keeping your senses and your mind buzzing right
1: so do you um have a garden at home or do you go to local gardens and grab the produce or how does that process work
2: we are so far beyond that we probably process 10,000 pounds yeah 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 I figured so are right <laughs> so like nobody's garden <laughs> Yeah, but that's right. So we there are things that we do for other market gardens, the relationships that we have for certain crops with local growers mm-hmm. all the time, like little relationships and things that we do and get. Um, we buy all of our organic beets from the U of A Garden. Hmm. that garden actually supports a garden in Africa and is by donation so they grow a certain variety of beet that I like that's easy for us to work with we donate the money for the beets to them and the money goes back to uh, AIDS Garden in Africa so there's this push and pull and community about all of our produce and things like that Uh, we work with Reclaim Urban Farm quite a bit Ryan from Reclaim and like We've worked together, I think now this is our sixth or seventh year doing this um, engagement between our two businesses that works for both of us. And I had to phone him today to tell him how gorgeous his Savoy cabbage was this year. He's never grown it more beautifully than it is right now. It's just gorgeous. Right? But that's also his expression and his labor, right? It's not just a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. If, if someone's listening to this, what's the best way to buy your products? Like, where do they go to find it? I know you have different places that you sell it. What's the best way to, um, find them.
2: Check us, checking us out online. I never thought I'd be like a person that said online, but yeah, (laughs) online, you can see everything we're up to when you're there. You can see what's in or out you have time to kind of cruise through the flavors and quote unquote digest. No pun intended. What what we're <laughs> up to, and right sample through it, and then we have kept our prices. Our prices haven't changed in the ten years that we've been in business, and um, with orders over fifty bucks, it's forty nine bucks. I pay for the shipping to you. So Hmm. I've shipped to places in Canada where I had to look it up on Google. There's some northern port. I don't know what they're doing up there. It's at the edge of the world. But they regularly buy a huge box of mixed pickle goods that go to an army base way up there. Very cool. It is so cool. (laughs) The product
1: is on tables all over, right? It's amazing. That is really amazing.
2: So I love, I love that extension. And I'm feeling of, you know, amplifying yourself. And mm-hmm. it does make me feel very Canadian. Like we all deserve, we all deserve those things, right? Mm-hmm.
0: It's
2: nice. Yeah. yeah
0: So one of the questions we ask everybody that comes on the show is um, we talk about legacy and you know, what how we want to be remembered when it's all said and done, right? What, uh, you know, what, it, what are you doing this business for? What is it, how do you know you're successful at the end of, at the end of it? What, what would be sort of your, um, ideal vision for the company?
2: Oh, that's so interesting. You know, expressing myself is probably enough for me. Like it doesn't have to go on after me. Like sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It doesn't have to be that. But I've meant something to people while I'm here. And I used to think it's just pickles. It's nothing. And I think COVID really changed that for me. Because at the beginning, when we got shut down for COVID, I really thought that it was over. That the business that I had built and my plans were done. I couldn't see a way out or through what was happening. And it was the cash register on the online site starting to ring that snapped me out of it. Mm-hmm. And I had to get up and go into work and put oh, no. boxes with things people wanted. I was like, oh, oh, people, oh, people want things, right? There's, the world is ending and people want this. People want something I made.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it didn't stop ringing. It rang and it rang and it rang and it gave me purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could say it's, it's jam or it's jelly or it's just pickles, but there is something more going on there. There is more of of that call and response between what I create and my imagination and other people's needs and comforts. That is a real, it's a tangible thing. I think it's like being an artist or a painter. Like, do you need a painting? No. Do you like a painting? Hell yeah. Right? A song, a pop tune. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Things matter. Creation and creativity matters and it sustains our souls, not just our bodies.
1: Mm hmm well, you have a great spirit. So I can imagine that all of your spirit going into your food, I need to definitely. Um, there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I'm certainly going to be picking up very soon. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I want to come into your store as opposed yeah. to get online. Come see me. Yeah. I will. I will.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. We, you obviously are very passionate about what you do, and um, you, people are noticing. I love the fact that you know just when you thought maybe it might be the end of all of it that people started to uh come through for you i think that's really cool i think that's what edmonton is all about and i think that's what community is all about and it really shows you know how much of an impact what you're doing really has on people so yeah yeah that's really cool and when we
2: do pop-up shops like we've done pop-ups at southgate and kingsway and Again, spaces where I never imagined there was a place for the independent and creative spirit that I am in Mm -hmm. terms of those consumers, people would stop by just to give me two thumbs up, not to buy anything, not to taste anything, but just to say, hey, I see you. Good job. Go for it. I think, wow, hey, that's good people.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good people.
1: Oh, I think that's what all of us need, especially when you're doing something you love is for people to say that they they see it. They see it in you and they recognize what you're doing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah.
2: So exciting.
0: <laughs> so excited to hear more about your you know the brick and mortar and how far your online stuff goes and to, to see you really uh, you know you're a decade into it. It's pretty amazing that you know pickles, a business about pickles it revolves around preservatives and and those kind of things in the day and age that we live in that that's something people are obviously still valuing in a huge way and what you're bringing to it is it's really cool I, I really love it and I'm looking forward to visiting the store well
2: love it thank you you're always welcome perfect perfect
0: <laughs> if you were inspired by our show, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen and share with friends. You can always find show notes at loveyegshow.ca. Keep listening.